Electric Fuel is a startup from ETH uh, Zurich, and we make software for uh, electric bike sharing fleets. Um, and the idea is to get the traffic jams out of cities with new uh, light electric vehicles. And because we've seen that electric bikes take off in the market, um, but they have some challenges when you want to organize them as a public transportation service, uh, that we build the software to, to manage this process. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, it had to do with a grant program that we were in from the EU, um, the European Institute for Innovation Technology, um, which had it one dependency in uh, ETH Zurich. And secondly, because in the first year we uh, started cooperating with two institutes of ETH, and so some of the research that we've done there is now part of our technology. Um, okay, uh, so yeah, maybe what were the biggest difficulties for you when you started out with electric field? Um, every day there are challenges. <laughs> um, I would say, looking back at the past year, uh, where things have been going faster, um, the legal side and administrative side is quite um, quite heavy, and there are many pitfalls, especially when you're dealing with data, how to uh, not run into these pitfalls, but um, make sure you're on the on the clean side there. And um, this is quite challenging, as it really takes time and also a lot of money that maybe as a startup you can easily underestimate. So uh, legal expenses and, and time for legal and administration. On the other hand, of course, the market is, is new, right? So there are many question marks uh, from, for market acceptance still for sharing and, and electric bikes and so on. Where does it work? And, and then talking to investors, of course, like many people are starting to realize now what the potential is behind. But one year, two years back, it was like, okay, what are you guys doing there? That's some some funny thing there and and basically having the long breath there and and enduring also these times where you need to convince people that's that's a core challenge i guess okay. um stella you're also um part of the sharing uh, economy but you're you're you have a, a little bit of different approach um so what was the idea behind uh, polyport and now bringby so what maybe you can talk a little bit what crowd logistic means and how it connects to the sharing economy. Sure, I'm happy to do that. So yes, we are also active in the field of the sharing economy, meaning uh, we're bringing private people into services and connecting them with each other to help each other. Um, I guess people are familiar with the concept of carpooling, meaning you're giving up your own space to let someone else ride with you, and um, usually you get a little reward for that. We pretty much just take the same concept and use it for logistics, and this we call crowd logistics, meaning uh, wherever you go, you might as well take something on your way, like a package or uh, the pick up the shopping for someone else and deliver it to his home. And for that, of course, you get a little reward. You can help in your community and also help to uh, reduce the need for unnecessary or additional deliveries within the cities. Um, in the end, it's a similar, let's say, a basic assumption that Moritz has. The cities are pretty crowded and we need to think about more sustainable, more efficient ways to move around cities in the future and using existing capacities in a more efficient way uh, with the idea of crowd logistics is one of them. So you both are, as you said, you, um, uh, you're active in the sharing economy and you both already said a, a few things about the market barriers. Maybe you can say something, how, how high were the barriers? How, how difficult is it to get into this market as a startup in Switzerland? 
Well, starting something new is never easy in any country. <laughs> so um, there are always challenges. With the sharing economy specifically, of course, it's a really new economy that's just emerging uh, on a worldwide scale. Also in Switzerland, it's relatively new. Most startups in this field have started this year or last year. So it's really a, a very new um, idea for the society to accept and also the other industry leaders, the other corporates, the other um, companies to, to understand. And so you have to start sort of at the very basics. <laughs> you have to educate the people. You have to do a lot of propaganda, let's say, or a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of evangelist work for, for one. And then, uh, of course, you have to set up new, completely new processes. You have to um, also think a lot about the regulation frameworks, the, the legal side, just make sure everything works out really well. Um, and, and, and put the, the payment processes, insurance processes, et cetera, in, in place to make such a community really work. Um, yeah, in the sharing economy, you also mentioned it already, the community is really important. And is it difficult to actually bring people to share their things, to make them, get them involved? Well, people have been sharing things for hundreds of years. Um, you used to just go and knock, knock on your neighbor's door and uh, pretty much be able to ask for anything. Now that our society is a bit more anonymous, we just shifted this idea to the internet where it's much easier to facilitate transactions and sort of connect with anything and anyone in real time over the internet. So I think people are familiar with the idea of sharing and it's... Um, very in our nature of, of, of humans so I think it's not really anything new it's just sort of a new a new way a new uh, approach to do that through technology okay so after this um, quick intro to um, the first two startups we are gonna listen to a song and then continue with um, Cyril Mostert from Parco.ca Um, welcome back. So now um, to Cyril Mostert, uh, responsible for business development at Parku.ch. Um, so Parku.ch is sometimes also known as Airbnb for parking. Maybe you can quickly explain what that means. Well, basically what we did, we developed a platform where people can, or private people can share their private parking spaces with whomever they want to share it with. So basically all we deliver is a platform where you can offer your parking space and then in real time another person can rent it through our application or on our website. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of why we are compared to Airbnb often because that's the same thing what they do with, with apartments. Um, you're basically, um, your focus is on, on, on private parking, right? That can be shared. It's not on public parking. Exactly. Well, that is actually why this whole idea developed. We just had a study coming out a couple of months ago, which said that only 84 parking spaces, public parking spaces, are in Switzerland for 1,000 cars. So if you compare that to the need of parking spaces and you look at how many public, par uh, public parking spaces are and how many private parking spaces are there in cities, um, we had the idea to just use the resources, the existing resource, resources in a better way. In Zurich, for example, we have 200,000 pr private used parking spaces and only 67,000 par uh, public parking spaces. 
So in order to just leave those private parking spaces free, empty, we want to have a system to actually um, get them used and reduce the traffic because people will actually be navigated directly to their parking space after they have a booking. I think we all know the hassle of finding parking, and it's really annoying. But um, And your goal is to make this easier, which is uh, definitely helpful. But is it really desirable to make it easier to use cars? For example, in, Zurich, in cities like Zurich, um, wouldn't it be more useful to uh, direct people towards public transport? Well, it's always a question of how many people will not come by car if there's not many parking spaces. I think people will always come by car if they're used to using a car. I don't think it's uh, going to change in the mind uh, that fast or like in that close future that people are just going to jump from the car into public transportation, especially at the moment where public transportation is also really occupied and there's not a lot of space in it uh, as well. I think 2030 is um, the next big project of the SBB when they're going to develop, uh, like have more trains coming up um, between Zurich and Bern, for example. Um, so I think there's always going to be traffic and um, traffic produced by people who search a parking space and we just want to reduce that traffic. Like 30% of traffic in cities is produced by people looking for a parking space. And if we navigate people directly to a parking space, we can reduce at least that traffic. Okay. So um, how do you see yourself in, in connection with um, sharing platforms for cars? Uh, use your, um, your approach still looks at people who have their own car, um, who, um, who own their own car and use it, and you share the, the parking space. But how do you see the future if people um, more and more don't really own their own cars but share them? Wouldn't it... Would you see a good connection between sharing cars and parking spots? I mean, definitely. Like, we have interest in everyone who is using a car to um, re sublet our parking spaces to them. So it, for us, it doesn't really matter whether it's uh, an owner of a car or it's uh, someone who rents a car. Um, as long as he has trouble finding a parking space, we always uh, want to be there for them and give them a possibility to find quickly a new parking space in real time. Um, and uh, will, you, will your focus stay on, on parking and cars, or um, do you see potential for other infrastructure in mobility that could be shared? I think for us it's definitely like the parking space field that we're going to keep on um, working on. What we did is also develop the technology to be able to go behind barriers and gates. So basically... Um, if you use your smartphone, you can drive to a parking space, which is in a parking house, for example, but that's privately owned. And with your smartphone, you can open a barrier. So for that reason, like a huge market opened all over Europe for us because it's only like Switzerland has a specific problem with parking space, but they only have the, the public accessible, like the yellow zones in Zurich. But in other countries, there is like a lot of parking spaces behind barriers. And now that we developed that technology, I think we're going to keep on concentrating on that system, but just in different countries in Europe. Okay. So now we he we've heard uh, three examples for, for startups in the area of mobility. Um, Nicholas Berg, you are an investor and also business angel. Um, maybe uh, you can talk a little bit more about the... Um, from another side, how how big is the potential for um, uh, for startups in the area of mobility? 
Do, have you been working with um, a lot of startups in this area? Uh, yes, um, and actually I'm not only an investor, I'm also founder of more than 10 startups. So, um, so with Red Alpine, we, this is one of the big topics, is shared economy, crowdsourcing, social, local, mobile. I think the biggest markets are actually uh, office buildings because of uh, enhanced mobility. People need access to different offices and 50% of offices are not are empty. And um, But it's more complicated than Airbnb or house trip. So you need also a, a secure access to, to people. So you must combine some security uh, features with uh, the listing features. The day crunch is an example. Day crunch usually had a, a startup weekend, and uh, by the way, Parkview offered the parking spaces in front of the building. So it, it's it's quite a common thing. And the cars is the other big issue. Also in Switzerland, it's Sheru. In other in the US, it's relay rides or get around. In Spain, it's a social car. Uh, 23 out of 24 hours, cars are unused. They're just taking space and creating cost and um, I think this is a big issue that technology, mobile technology could uh, um, grant access to the cars and uh, share that resource. That's good for the environment, good for, for your pocket. And uh, what is the role that Red Alpine takes in this place? Um, what is your role as a business angel, for example, or as uh, an Business investor? angel, that was a long time ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, year 2000 to 2006. Yeah. Uh, was a business angel for Xing, mm -hmm. for example, okay. the European version of LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, as a, a venture capitalist like Red Alpine, we, we are like talent scouts in sport. We, we uh, detect talents and, and ideas. By the way, the team and, uh, that implement ideas is much more important than the idea itself. And uh, the business part is much more, much more difficult than the technology part. So we, we are talent scouts for teams and we, we coach the teams for five to ten years till their the companies mature and they can be brought public or, or sold to a to a big corporation. Uh, so as a scout, where do you where do you find the startups? Um, because in Europe there is not not much venture capital, the ideas find us. So we about five teams approach us every day. 1,500 per year, and we screen that down to about 100 people that we really meet, and and we do maybe three or four investments per year. Um, Christoph, so you're from the Impact Hub Zurich, and um, I, I guess you're kind of in between the, the venture capitalist and the startups. Maybe you can quickly explain uh, your role and your contribution to the startup community. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, first of all, we are a startup ourselves in a way. Um, so it has been a four co-founders building it up um, now to 12 people in the team. What we do is um, supporting other startups in a way, connecting, um, and this in a very early stage. So when we heard Nicola with Red Alpine, um, they are really looking to the, the startup that have already kind of proven something or at least shown some potential in a way. Um, what we try to do is if you want to start um, building some kind of business model and what we kind, what we look for is what are the business models that excite us for the future of business? Like how would the future of business really need to look like? Meaning sharing economy, meaning more efficient resource um, usage and all these topics. For these kind of people, we try to be a place, a physical place. So we were actually sitting here in the viaduct with a train running over it. So it's actually quite mobile. And, um, 
and for them um, building a platform to connect and then also to meet investors. So where we would have some con conventions where then investors come in. Um, so yes, we are in, in a way in an earlier stage and in between startup and investor slash coach, scout, support for early stage startups. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, investors, uh, we are like talent scouts. I said that means we want to meet the teams about one year before they start the company to, to, because it's very important that they create the, uh, the perfect team. The recruitment is important. Business plan is important. And uh, we observe them three, four, five times when they pitch. And we just look for an improvement. Then we invest. But maybe we invest just with 50,000 to, to get the first prototype. And later, if, if, uh, if it got, gets some traction, we invest more, half a million or a million. Okay, and with this, we take another little break and uh, listen to some more music, and then we'll be back for uh, some more interesting discussions about mobility and startups. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about uh, Switzerland and uh, how the startup scene is in Switzerland. So, um, Moritz, maybe you can... <laughs> Uh, tell me a little bit how is, how is it uh, how's the startup environment how is it to to build up a startup in Switzerland how is this from a from an entrepreneur perspective first I think it's a great place to start because uh, I have the feeling with Switzerland you're a bit hovering above technology development worldwide but this is uh, this is one of the advantages but there are also many challenges so um, from the legal perspective, um, getting uh, migration, getting uh, getting teams, also international teams on board is not so easy right now. Um, this is a key challenge. Then the cost of living are high, but there are also disputes right now. If this is positive or negative, it can also be positive because then you really need to focus your energy and your uh, resources on getting traction fast and at, to the point where these uh, high living costs don't matter uh, anymore. Um, but at the same time, I think whenever you do a startup out of Switzerland, you need to have a quick look out of outside of Switzerland. So to see where your market's there and also how you can collaborate with uh, companies outside of uh, Switzerland. Um, but the uh, founding uh, basically mechanisms and um, support from state is great even though you don't get a single uh, swiss franc directly onto your bank account from the swiss state there are many coaching offers so for very early startups i think this is good especially in the tech space but uh, the hard work is the hard work that you need to do anywhere else in the world as well um you're also part of the impact hub right um how did you profit from from this uh, connection or how did you profit from any other startup institutions or accelerators Great question. Thank you. Um, so we started as an ETH spin-off, but we decided to start working from here, from the hub, um, in its early days, so in, in 2010. And it was just a great place to get some exposure to, to, uh, to the real world and to the market. Um, and it really connects people. So that's the most important point. I got to know my co-founder here through the hub, although he's from ETH. So we, we could have met there, but we met here in the hub. Um, and it's it's a very inspiring uh, environment um, and it's attracting also to people. So as a startup, you need to get the top talents onto your team. And right now we have to admit that startup, is it's a hype, uh, but it's a good thing that it's a hype because um, talented people are attracted to go and work in startups instead of large companies, uh, even if they're paid uh, 
less than in large companies. So, so yeah, the hub is, I can really recommend it. <laughs> Stella, um, how did you experience uh, building up a startup in the environment in, in Switzerland? Well, I guess I can sort of answer in a similar way or pick up a couple of things that Moritz already said. Switzerland is an extremely expensive place to be that's not startup friendly. Yeah, it's t t sometimes tough to get external people on board. That's also not startup friendly. Otherwise, yeah, the infrastructure is amazing. I mean, they have extremely fast internet. They have amazing mobility. It's easy to get anywhere. So that's ov obviously um, a good good basics, a foundation to to build build a company. It's also easy to set up, easy and quite fast to set up a company. There's different funding opportunities if you're an early startup sort of to get the, get off so the very first idea to get for the, to get a little bit of funding for your concept i felt we got a couple of awards and a couple of um, grants at, at the very beginning that really helped us start off that was great um but as also more said depending on what you're doing it's important to look beyond the borders pretty quickly because switzerland is a relatively small market And if you want to make money, and especially in the sharing economy, <laughs> where you don't really get very much for, for just one trans transaction, it's extremely ex important to scale quickly and look um, at your neighbors right away. Of course, there's also the, the challenge that Switzerland is sort of one zone that has a franc, everything around has a euro. Uh, some regulations might be different, so you have to have obviously some... There's some um, small, smaller regulation things you have to look at if you are expanding from Switzerland. But otherwise, I mean, Switzerland is a great market, I think, to pilot some idea. Uh, people are very um, friendly. They're very um, um, reliable, very trustworthy. So that's a good environment to, to kick off some ideas and, and pilot new things, I think. Uh, Nicolas, how do you see the, the startup environment in Switzerland from an investor side? Um, from an investor side, it's quite good because there are not enough investors, so <laughs> it's easy to negotiate with startups. Now, I think Switzerland uh, is it's uh, one of the three top spots in Europe to start a startup because um, spe especially ETH and uh, EPFL in Lausanne and University of Zurich, and so they attract the best people from Europe. So about, I would say, 60% of the Swiss top startups are started by foreigners because they are risk takers and talented people and it's the support ecosphere is quite good as some startups mentioned the education co coaching um, uh, grants and so everything is for free so can you, you can uh, i had a startup with about 30 people that were sub supported by government grants from different countries in europe so that's that's great the, the market That's true. Miklas Sendström said once, if you're successful in Sweden or successful in Switzerland, you're not successful. But there are some exceptions. If you start a job platform or a car sharing platform or a house loan platform or, uh, or something with, yeah, connected with real estate, you can easily also, only with the Swiss market, create a $100 million company. Uh, and it's also a good start to, to, to uh, roll out in Europe. Um. Cyril, so we've heard from from both the startups and from Nicolas that the the scaling and, and finding investors is, is really important. So, I mean, the idea is one thing, but the business development is the other, and that's where you are also active. Um, maybe you can say a little bit, how was it for Parku um, to find investors? 
or to how is it for them to scale their business business model? Well, for Parky it was like that. We had kind of from the, from the beginning one of the founders or one of the co-founders was an investor. So basically, he is um, still on board, and we're lucky to have him. And he is like really motivated still and still believes in the idea and that's kind of perfect launch for us and perfect um, environment for us to keep on working and we have the insurance that we um, can develop the product up to a level where it's uh, profitable. So Christoph, um, how do you see the startup scene in Switzerland from your from the perspective perspective of the hub being a startup yourself and and working with a lot of other startups what are the uh, what are special aspects of the market here well i think i mean main points were mentioned um, maybe to stress a little bit more also the point of opportunity costs for young founders because there's barely no unemployment in uh, in switzerland there are very high paid jobs so I think attracting high talent into startup scene, as Moritz said earlier, it's, it's, it's good that it's a hype um, somehow. Of course, there are some risks to a hype. I would say it's, it's good that we find alternatives or that we are on eye level with large companies and their recruiting budgets and they're kind of the mainstream careers so that we can also attract high talent in, into the sector. And this is more of a wish or more of an outlook in the future of, of uh, how we hope um, to, to see it in Switzerland and also basically um, build that market for or build that talent pipeline into startups because Nicola said it I mean it, it's all about the team it's all about the team so we need to have strong young entrepreneurs who really want to drive and grow their, their companies and for that I think there's still some work to do um, hopefully uh, we can contribute to that and, and others will as well contribute to that more talent into it Um, good. So uh, we talked a little bit more about the Swiss market and uh, now we'll, we'll uh, listen to another piece of music uh, before we round up the discussion. The song was named End of the Road and we're also coming closer to the end of this uh, session. But first, um, I'm coming back to Nicolas. So you mentioned before that you were uh, already active yourself with several startups, also in the area of mobility. Uh, so maybe you can um, share with us, what, where do you think is the biggest potential in this sector, in mobility and transportation? Um, yeah, I, I think the biggest markets are probably cars and offices. Because that's that's billions of uh, unused capital that uh, that is just there, and uh, you just need to solve the the, uh, the marketplace problem. That's easy, and more difficult it's the access problem, the secure access to a car, secure access to to an office building. But there are startups like Shiru, started by by a retailer, Micro, and and an insurance company, Mobiliar, and. Um, I think the potential of uh, private and company cars shared is, it, it's, I, I guess, in five years from now, uh, the car sharing, the peer-to-peer -peer car sharing companies will be bigger than Hertz and Avis and Budget and, mo and Mobility together. What do the other th others uh, think? Would you agree? Or do you see um, potential in other areas? 
Well, I think that comes back to the question, is it potential in, in Switzerland or is it potential in any other market? So for other markets, we, of course, have other untapped potential. I mean, just think about more the emerging economy context where maybe office space and cars is not yet that kind of thing, but you have, um, I don't know, new models for finding rickshaws and stuff like that. I mean, that's just amazing if you think Indian market or so. And, and here, um, well, interestingly... I think a lot of entrepreneurs, and that's maybe not, not so much the investor side, but uh, really like how is an entrepreneur driven? Sometimes less of market analytics and saying, okay, where are the highest level, but out of a personal passion, right? And so what we see is just a huge diversity. And now we've had the chance for six months to look into a couple of mobility concepts driven by startups. It's just an amazing um, diversity of um, business models that are driven in, in, in mobility and even topics that you, we wouldn't probably consider mobility in the first look but then actually yeah it is new ways of using technology to make mobility easier more efficient or whatsoever so the, this diversity is just overwhelming um, yeah just from my perspective also it's on the one hand about the assets that need to be managed in a better smarter way um, obviously, and then on the other hand, you have really the user and people now, everybody has their handheld, has their smartphone. Uh, we expect to get excellent services wherever we are, right? And But there are very few excellent services and uh, many average ones. And I think when as a startup you strive to give excellent services with whatever you build, then it's the right direction. And if it's in the context of mobility, it's particularly important because we know that uh, mobility is making people very unhappy in the average of, of the whole world. So Daniel Kahneman, the sociologist, has found out that uh, the daily commute is what's making people most unhappy. Um, and this is, of course, in, in Switzerland, it's not so much of a problem. So when you're building your startup here, you should also look, go to other countries, try out transportation services there, and then compare and say, do I want to build it for here? Do I want to build it also for, for India, like the rickshaw services or so on, or China, right? And they're very, very different structures. So I think keeping the mind open is very important. Uh, yes, maybe Stella, what, what would your advice be uh, to a young ent entrepreneur in maybe the area of crowd logistics? Well, um, it's, well, also just picking up maybe to the discussion we had just before, um, it's not necessarily only about where's the main opportunity, but just what's needed and where are we going, where's the puck going, what are the challenges in the future, and how is our city evolving as a whole? Because we have problems as in-person transport, we've trouble in in using existing resources like cars etc we've also trouble in logistics and um, just imagine if our logistics systems wouldn't work anymore our entire society our entire economy would collapse because that's the basics for trade that's the basics for distribute to distribute goods in cities and uh, if you just see how everything is how how we are progressing um e-commerce is is growing like crazy people are ordering more things online the package volume is going to increase in a, in, a, in a huge way in the next couple of years. And logistics hasn't evolved in the last hundred years. Um, we really need to find new ways to distribute more small things on the, on the last mile to make sure things get to the customer also in a more flexible way um, to, to make best use of our infrastructure for our cities and, and the capacities that we currently have. And for that, we need innovation. And crowd logistics might be just one aspect to solve this entire puzzle. But so um, any of the of the startups that are here today are sort of solving like a small part of this entire puzzle and all making an important contribution, let's say, to make sure our, um, our future is going to work out <laughs> in, in, a, in, a, in an okay way.
Okay. Uh, well, thank you very much for everyone uh, for coming. And uh, we, I'm sure that you will all uh, keep on trying to solve the puzzle uh, in the different pieces. Uh, so we're going to round up this session and then we'll be back um, at a quarter to three with the last session on sharing mobility and uh, models of the digital future.